Welcome, everybody, to this episode of the Red Beard Podcast. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about Ready Player One, so strap in. Or strap on. Yes. podcast is brought to you by these cool dudes yo what's going on guys how's everybody doing over here coolie what's up man what up yeah dude we just saw ready player one dude we're gonna talk about it are you excited am i excited i was excited before we went to go see the movie i'm like guy after seeing it yeah i mean yeah it was good all right, all right. We'll, we'll talk about it. We'll have a good time. We're going to talk about it. Uh, we're missing a couple people. We are down, uh, Ren and Jim Rock today, but we have gained uh, a very special guest. Uh, say what's up, Mr. Craig Garrity. Hey, what's up? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey. What's up, Craig? Hey. No, that's yeah. not my voice. No, this, like, this is like my voice. Here, man. Yeah, hey, sick. There sick. we go. It's Mr. Smooth Garrity. No, I'm far from smooth. I'm very rough. Dude, we can do wonders with this audio. Yes. <laughs> it can make you sound like... It's okay. Yeah. Make you sound like the Iron Giant. You're, uh, <laughs> you're screaming. <laughs> Superman. <laughs> oh, uh, man. Sadness. Oh, uh, yeah. So but Yeah, I drove all the way from the other side of Rhode Island. Boy, is my car still full of gas. Yeah, dude. You, <laughs> so, have to pack, you have to pack a lunch, man? Oh, man. I left two days ago. <laughs> it's weird because I was texting you. You hadn't left yet, but all right. No, it's... It's a lie. Sick. It's a corporate machine, man. <laughs> so, but, uh, dude, you also saw Ready Player One today, but you saw it at the noon showing, correct? Oh, yeah. It was packed full of beautiful old people. You sound so not excited about anything. <laughs> I'm excited. It's, uh, you know, I'm excited to talk movies. I, I'm, unfortunately, this is my first podcast, by the way. I've never done a podcast before. You're killing I'm, it, man. You're I'm very, it. I'm very happy to be here. Um, but yeah, it's nice to be behind the microphone for once. Oh yeah, man. I'm glad to have you on, man, because we've been trying to do this for a while, and I feel like Ready Player One is the perfect thing to talk to you about because you, like, I think both of us are big movie buffs and, and really into like all that that pop culture. So this will be fun. Um, so guys, let's just get into it. So Ready Player One, uh, a Spielberg movie. Everybody's been really amped to see this. It's been the trailers have been on constantly. They've been doing a lot of promotion for this. Um, just around the table, I think everyone here has read the book, correct? Yep. yep. Okay, so we all read the book. So we kind of had um, some, I think, expectations going in on things that we were looking to see, things that we were hoping we were going to get to see, things from the book. Um, I'll be the first to say that we, we actually didn't get to see some things, a lot of things, actually, because the book... Um, they took a lot of, uh, liberties, I think with this film. So let's go around the table and, you know, shout it out. Let's start with Cooley first and just go around. So dude, what are some of the things that you liked about the film first? Just let's talk about the positives, like some things that really stuck out to you. So, I mean, they did a good job just capturing the essence of the book, um, of the story and, and basically the, the, the nostalgia aspect was definitely there. Um, 
there were a lot of modern references as well, though. So mm-hmm. kind of like it, it was kind of like a trip down memory lane. And then it was just also like a like, here's all these other things that that you'll recognize from today. Right. Like, so I think they were really aiming for, you know, like today's like youth, like this generation uh, and trying to get them a little excited about the, the nostalgia aspect for us. Uh, we had a few call outs like to, there were a lot of call outs, like some things from the 80s. There mm-hmm. were things from the oh, 90s. Yeah. Uh, there were things from, and there there were things from the 2000s. So, I mean, that's uh, basically it in a nutshell, like all the great stuff. I mean, I thought the actors nailed it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Olivia Cook, I think her name was, uh, actually who played uh, Samantha Cook, um, was fantastic. She yeah. was great. Um, I, who was the, uh, the guy that plays Cyclops that plays... Uh, Oh. Wade in this. I will always call him Cyclops just because he wears a visor in the whole Yo, movie. Yo, Cyclops, Cyclops <laughs> it is, man. That's Cyclops actually a really is. good Cyclops was, man. Cyclops nice. was awesome in this nice. movie. I feel uh, bad because I want to learn his name because I'm hoping that he gets a lot of more work in the future because like it's he did a pretty fantastic job like capturing the like nerd excitement. Yeah, he yeah. Did. And I feel like he captured if you read Wade in the books, like he captures the feel. Yeah. He has his own little take a little bit on like his nervousness. because uh, Wade in the book is like a terrible like schlub for the first part of the book and then he right, yeah. grows into himself but you know Wade is introduced in a different way he's kind of more confident at the beginning which I kind of liked but uh, carries over to like the idea of like eh, it's a movie I gotta build this character a bit faster than the book has a leniency to do but you know I personally I go into a movie and I don't expect it to um, be a shot for shot remake of the book or else it's mm-hmm. going to be an eight hour long movie. Right. Um, but for me, I, I enjoyed it thoroughly. There's a little bit of nitpicking I can always do. Um, like the relationship between Artemis and uh, Parzival, like those two were, oh man, you're the best right away. And I thought I was like, okay, kind of like going to creeper territory. I got a little cringy at some parts. Yeah. Just yeah. So I can go more details, but. Uh, yeah, like he meets her and then he's like, Two scenes later, he's like, "I love you." Yeah, yeah. I just like, feel Whoa. like, like for me, it worked much better. Yeah, like for me, it worked because I was, I had all the backstory from the books. Right. But I feel like if I had gone into that without reading that, I'd be like, "Wait, yes, what?" Dude, slow down. <laughs> you, you, yeah, like, you don't even know what she looks like, though. Which I mean, you. I mean, it was. That, yeah. it, it was interesting. I mean, and I think that. Uh, you know, H actually kind of called him out on that in a really funny way. <laughs> you could be this guy in like the suburban Detroit. Chuck. <laughs> yeah, Chuck. <laughs> so, um, I mean, I, I guess the, I, the one thing that I really liked about this movie, the special effects were great, but I think one of the big standouts for me, and I wasn't, and from the previews, I was not expecting to, to be into this guy. The guy who played James Halliday killed it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like he was phenomenal. He actually won an Oscar for Bridge of Spies. He's the guy who stole the Oscar from Sylvester Stallone for Creed. Yeah. And I was kind of like, that guy doesn't deserve it. Like Bridge of Spies, he had one scene, you know. So I was kind of like resenting him a little bit. But going into this movie, he really just played like that guy who's so smart and just just doesn't know how to interact socially. Like I think he just played off that very well and everybody knows somebody like that yeah so it was uh it was just he played that brilliantly and i really enjoyed watching him on screen so that was a big thing for me right so but i mean did you guys uh what did you what did you um want in the movie that wasn't that was in the book that just wasn't there 
I mean, there's a lot of things because they took a lot of liberties, but I mean, they like did. anything specifically? Uh, the first, so I had a lot of uh, concerns actually at the beginning of the movie. The movie uh, significantly for me improved down the movie as it was going. I was terrified the first time, like we see the Oasis and Minecraft pops up and I'm looking yeah. at this. I'm like, oh no, what's going <laughs> to happen? <laughs> and like, um, catch me if I'm wrong, but like that first uh, race scene. For a movie that celebrates nostalgia and like so much like like you know we're just gonna throw every awesome eighty we're gonna put Duran Duran on this scene for no reason, I was like I would really like to listen like Billy Idol yeah. while they're roll like didn't it seem very quiet when they were like plowing through the streets on that DeLorean mm. and then the T Rex pops up and we're seeing King Kong there's no music playing in that entire scene. And that just stood out to me as a little odd. But there I really, there really wasn't. There any was music? not. I was listening. There was no audio track playing over. Maybe it was like a mistake in the projection room. I don't know. But uh, there was no audio playing as far as um, soundtrack. There That's was crazy, goods. Man. I didn't notice that. Which uh, I caught right. Like for me personally, I thought that was a little strange because, like, okay, we're trying like the first scene of a movie, and you could argue that is really the first scene of the movie is designed to set the tone and the pacing for it and the attitudes around to go for. So. I found the fact that there was this, oh, we're going to focus on the sound. And it's kind of like right. the, the way I equate it to it is when you're playing a video game at home and you're getting really serious, turn on the music, focusing. So the focus I thought was kind of cool. And you saw these sound effects and uh, the way that you hear like, you know, the focus of the character, I think, pulled in a lot. So like that's just one little detail. Mm-hmm. But as the movie went on past, I think I think the, the shifting point for me was the uh, dance club scene past that i thought oh this is improving significantly as far as its pacing there's a clear goal that the characters are going for it's not really like shumbling in the middle a lot of movies today have a lot of struggle in the middle of the movie but i felt that you know past the middle it was actually picking up the right pace throughout the entire film Mm. okay i'm done talking (laughs) um for me i'd say i i missed the the whole scene where like not seen, but the whole like section of the book where he was kind of like he became a loner. He was depressed. Mm. He was he was like you know just forging his own way, and then and then hatched this brilliant plan to infiltrate IOI, um, and, and it was all him, right? But in the movie, like they kind of like they just don't even go there. Like he's just kind of happy the whole movie almost like he's just, you don't get the best. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like his whole, his situation is just amazing except for when his family got blown up. But like, then it seemed like he didn't really have to deal with that. Characters we spent literally a minute with. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Like, Oh no. Like grieving process after (laughs) that. Even the, even like the nice lovely lady at the bottom of like the old lady who had the flowers, like there was a passive aggressive, like, (laughs) how's it going Wade? (laughs) And it's like, yeah, whatever. I'm going to go my video games. No, she, she was still alive though. Yeah, which is weird because she was at the bottom her, of the giant explosion. Right, but she was totally still alive because <laughs> she, she showed up. I'm pretty sure there was a drone was... right on top of her house. It planted a bomb on her face because <laughs> yeah, she shows up and she tells Sorrento, like, you know, I know what you did last summer, and uh... right. <laughs> I know what you did last summer. <laughs> Spoilers, bombs. <laughs> then all of a sudden, somebody walks out and goes, "I'm right here. What are you waiting for?" <laughs> I was hoping you'd do that scene. From Platoon, where he gets on his knees and raises his hands in the air. <laughs> wow, it's totally oh, accurate gosh. to the '80s nostalgia guys. It's in that movie that oh, that's just in the poster. It's pretty cool. No, it should have been that scene from Shawshank <laughs> where he gets out in the rain. Just comes out of. So, 
I, I get busy living or get busy dying, Wade. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I'm just going to kind of jump on that, man. I, I, for me, um, I think one of the things that I really uh, didn't really care for in this movie is, you know, the whole reason why James Halliday created this oasis is because he actually didn't know he never felt comfortable dealing with people in the real world. So this was a way for him to be somebody other than himself. And I feel like in the book, it was a lot of Artemis and, uh, and Wade just kind of, or Parzival, you know, basically like really getting deep down in their relationship and figuring out who they are as people in the Oasis. Mm. And the whole book leads up to, you know, spoiler alert, it leads up to them at the end of the book actually getting to meet in person for the first time. And that is the whole point of this book is that when you actually leave the Oasis, there can be something great still in the real world that is a piece of shit in 2049. You know, so I, you know, I missed seeing that, like that buildup. And I feel like, that was something that I was looking forward to seeing. And they literally just threw that out the window in the yeah, first like, like 30 could... minutes he meets her. And I'm yeah. like, well, that's the end of that. So you know? long so, drama. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I mean, but I mean like that is, that is the subtext to the whole story. You I know, felt like, is I felt their like... relationship. And they just kind of stepped on that. And, and I knew that that was something was off to me when you watch the trailers because in the trailers, I, I was always like, well, that's weird. Like, they're having conversations in yeah. person about things that clearly happen in the middle of the story. You know, and I was like, well, they obviously changed that. But then when I saw how early that happened, that was kind of a turnoff for me. You know, but I, I accepted it. You know, it's mention of disbelief and just, all right, the movie's taking a different turn. And it did work in its movie way. But I, I kind of wish we saw less of her in real life and more of them knowing getting to know each other in the oasis right yeah. so i chopped that off to like just how a movie works with like it's it's drama in a book i feel like you can get away with a lot more like oh we're not really connecting to these characters in rl we're connecting them more in virtual reality at this point mm-hmm. uh the thing that breaks it for me though is i felt like the chemistry for the characters in the real world had almost nothing going for it right besides like the cute little 11 year old kid who's like hey i'm 11 years old i'm <laughs> I'm not going to deal with you older kids. I don't have any parents, whatever. Right, right. <laughs> it's mostly, it's mostly like, oh, okay, that, that's a cute interaction. But like, all right, what's the relationship between H and Artemis? There's nothing. She's driving the car. All right, cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I would, I would sort of extend the idea of like, oh, those characters, you know, they have so much packed. It, it didn't feel its length. It was like two and a half hours. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, it didn't feel like that Didn't feel like that length was really hitting me. I was looking at my watch like halfway through. I'm like, wow, we're already an hour and a half in pretty much. And I was like, oh, we're, I think we're getting close because I'm going off of what I know from the book. Yeah. I'm like, okay, they're going to be getting the second key soon. Mm-hmm. And uh, we should definitely talk about that second key scene uh, leading up to it for sure, because that's pretty. That's actually my favorite part of the movie, personally. The second key scene, this getting the second key and the whole buildup. Because I was like, I heard that you know, okay, they're not going to be able to get the rights to War Games because that's mm-hmm. a different studio, and uh, you know, there's like little things like I'm, I'm just catching like, oh, um, Artemis is um, riding the Akira bike. They actually had a lot of Japanese uh, licensed content in there. They had even had yeah. Hello Kitty at one point. I was checking out. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was like, okay, so they can't use war games, so they're going to do something else. And I was not a big fan of that race concept because I was like, okay, they've been doing this race for seven years. 
and people just totally just they know they can't get past king kong at the end of the race and everyone just keeps trying keeps trying okay and this race change is it progressive or something like that no one's ever like done a mario kart and just like no i'm not driving I'm gonna reverse see what happens yeah <laughs> no one's done that i find that a little surprising like there'd be people like hammering the walls banging on like you know where's the entrance well you know what's <laughs> funny is like i always i did think that was a little funny because they have all these like holiday scholars there's like 500 of them that never Room got, of like nerds. never figured out what wade figured out in five minutes <laughs> like put it in reverse <laughs> like it's just like all right like because really? because movie tony oh yeah I he's mean, the protagonist but, he has yeah, to figure it out first i know but a little bit more believable than why that. were they celebrating at the end of the movie they lost their jobs. <laughs> That's one thing. Yeah, like, this makes you believe they're just like he found the egg. Like I've been trying to do this for twenty years. They should have like, been crying I mean? and in tears. Like they were like happy. There, everyone was. I understand people in the street celebrating, but everyone at that company is like out of business now. It's terrible. Like you're a I holiday scholar, s- and your only job is to find that damn. You know egg. what I wanted to see? I wanted to see like that. I wanted to see that moment where like. Like he gets the egg and everybody's so pumped that because they've been doing this for years. I wanted to see that that moment where somebody that works there has like that <laughs> that Michael Jackson is right in front of them moment. They just like can't stop crying. <laughs> right, they don't know how to deal with it. You know what I mean? And they just didn't. You know, they were more just like hugging each other. Like, yeah. oh, he's a trillionaire now and we're out of a job. Yeah. But I don't know. It was it was still very very well done. Um, <laughs> I just, for me though, I think the the pickup of this movie, it, and I noticed this is that, um, it was weird. I kind of had like this weird experience where I'm watching the beginning race, and this is a positive for me. I yeah. I realized I actually could not take the smile off my face for that yeah. race. That was that was there like were a, so like... many references. Like I was literally loving it, man. Like, there's the DeLorean, which they nailed, and then there's like the oh, T yeah. Rex, and like for me. That was actually really awesome for me because the T-Rex is there yeah. and it was the same sound that was in Jurassic Park. And I'm like, Steven Spielberg is directing this. Like, that's got to be, that's badass. Like, imagine as a director being like, I've made such an impact on people that the stuff I directed isn't a film I'm directing. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, that's pretty awesome. You know what I mean? Like, based on a book that's based on all my shit. On all my shit. Yeah. yeah. And they just had so many cool references. Like, I think there was something for everybody in that race. And, oh, yeah. and, and the one cool thing Starsky too, and Hutch. Yeah, man. Yeah. And, and one other thing, just, and I'm this is the last thing I'll say, I'll let you guys jump in on this is that I'm just like rambling, but I, um, I, I noticed that. Yeah. I mean, this movie did have a lot of oh, the book rather had a lot of eighties references. So for, for a guy's our age, we were like, Oh, this is amazing. Like it's all eighties to throw back to like our childhood and stuff like that. Right. But in the book, they did have a lot of 2000, like late 90s references, which I think is cool because that does appeal to like, you know, I, um, a younger audience. Right. So this is something where it might encourage people to read the book and get all the 80s references too. you know, it, it worked for everybody. And yeah. I think that they made a smart choice kind of doing that. Yeah, but I think people that were born in the 2000s might have a difficult time getting into it unless they actually have parents that are like you know like 80s nostalgia freaks you know what i mean 
Because they might—they're not going to get any of the references in the book. But some people might go back to the point of like, oh, like I've never seen War Games. Like, let me check this out. You know, yeah. I, I feel like things like that. Like when they walk through movies, like you know, the third gate is Monty Python. Like they might watch Monty Python to understand like what he was going through in yeah. the book. Right. I mean, I think it's kind of a doorway or it's an opportunity to open people up to things they might not have discovered otherwise i get that it would have made the movie longer but i mean i i also found the uh the progression of the game was was weird for me because you know they they they'd win the challenge they'd get the key but then it wouldn't open a gate that they would have another challenge in you know what i mean it was just literally just beat mm -hmm. the challenge get the key take the key to the next thing and and keep getting clues like they just he just yeah. gives you a clue um, but in the book, you had to kind of fight for the clue and kind of, you know, do There's some extra stuff. There's a little back stuff. savvy stuff in the book, yeah. too. It's like, I'm not telling you the secret. Right. Go to yeah, hell. in this one, they were <laughs> literally just I'll shared. tell you all the things tell I know for this super cool contest. Yeah, and I'll tell you, and, and it's I'll all tell over. you, and I'll tell you. Yeah. yeah because I trust all of you. And then, oh, um, no, how did everyone figure it out? I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, oh, in the, they're all in the van oh at the end. Cool. <laughs> uh, it's a good thing we live next to each other all the whole time. Mm. Yeah, it was us for the convenient. Well, let's. <laughs> I think we've talked a lot about the the first, uh, the key. So I think the nice thing about this movie, especially when it comes to uh, discussion, is the fact that oh, it's a very easy movie to say. Okay, this is the first scene. This is the first act of the movie. Uh, like I, I already uh, aired my parts of like oh that first. Uh, part of the movie up to the race the race was kind of fun i got goosebumps yeah. seeing it. like i never thought i would see in the same movie hello kitty mecha godzilla <laughs> yeah. uh, uh battle toes was in there yeah you know, the original gundam the original gundam mm -hmm. dude that thing was awesome that was actually one of my favorite scenes um, especially when, especially when he turned into the the gundam suit yeah. and, and it actually like brought a tear to my eye i was like this is like the he, best gundam i'm ever gonna see on a movie ever but he actually struck the same pose <laughs> oh yeah, yeah you know that was awesome they were on point. I mean, I feel like I'm amazed that some of these, uh, especially, the, like I said already, these Japanese companies allowed the license of their character, and they're very protective. Yeah. Especially, I was not expecting Mechagodzilla. I mean, Toto doesn't want to give anything to anyone. No American studio should touch Godzilla content since that 1996 movie. That's a lot of fish. But I feel, like, <laughs> I feel like I feel like I feel like Spielberg has a lot of oh you yeah know, backing. I feel like they trust him with that. They know that he won't take any like liberties and mess that up. Yeah. Did you see the greatest American hero logo? Oh yeah, for mm -hmm. sure. On the side of his uh, visor. Oh yeah. There's a so right there. dope. So, so let's dope. talk about the perfect segue. Let's talk about the references that we liked in the movie. Cause there was yes. a lot of things. So many, uh, so many references. Um, it's like that South park episode, imagination land. <laughs> You remember that episode where they literally had every copyrighted character? Yeah. We, we are can't gonna, sue all of us. All right, let's go. We are actually going to talk about all these references, but before we do, we're going to take a quick break and hear a little bit from our sponsor. Supply and demand investing. Guys, not all investments are created equal. Did you know growth stocks devote most of their revenue in trying to expand or grow the company and offer investors little to no dividend payout? Sounds like fucking bullshit. Right? But value stocks split their revenue between trying to expand or grow the company and give their buyers dividend payouts. That sounds better. But the question is, which of these two means of investing do you think has performed better over the past 10 years? Well, to find out, go to supplyanddemandinvesting.com slash redbeard. That's us, guys. Go to supplyanddemandinvesting.com slash redbeard. Supply and demand investing helps compare investments in the hopes of delivering better than average results. 
whether they be long-term, short-term, or just something in the middle. And remember, like any good sports team, like the New York football giants, yeah. When it comes to investing, there are times to play offense by investing in things like the S&P 500 and times to play defense by investing in things like bonds, CDs, or cash. So I say, go Patriots! Yeah, but if we're talking defense, it's the New York football giants all day. Yeah, uh, but it's the Pats because they won last year. And we are back for the second part of Ready Player One Discussion. Great. All right. So, um, guys, we're back. Uh, Love that voice. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. So, it's just a fun voice I can do, but it's cheesy. Uh, it's like a game show. Years host, of I training, guess. for sure. So, yeah. Yeah. Years of training. Years of training for in the so, like, you know, woods. What do we have for him, Johnny? <laughs> <laughs> so, come on down. Your wife comes down. Honey, you're scaring me. <laughs> Why are you in Who's the darkness? Who's in our home? Um, <laughs> you're talking to yourself again? <laughs> All right, let's get into the references in this movie, which were... Uh, there are references insane in this movie? Insane <laughs> amount of references. Um, can I just say one reference that I really enjoyed that made me laugh out loud? No, 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 because I was just about to say it. Oh, well, I'm going to say it. Nah, it was Chucky. Yeah, oh my God, it's fucking Chucky. <laughs> they got to use that one no. F-bomb in that whole PG-13 oh, rating. Great, they got, they saved it for the perfect Anything else spot. that you liked better than that? Because no, that was I like the only thing that I was going to talk about. All right, well, dude, dude, there's a lot of other things you can talk that about. That was legit the only thing I was going to say. <laughs> All right, well, I'm sure so you can turn. find something else out. I'm sure you can figure something else out. Trust me. Because I heard you laugh a couple times and I, I saw you. But I can't remember any of it. Well, I can go. You then got it, bro. We're, we're gonna, all right. I'll go, I'm going to let Craig go first and some stuff will come back. No, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. He fucked up. He fucking took my shit. <laughs> Hands are in the air right he now. He took my all shit. Right. I'm not going to say nothing. You guys talk. I'm going to fucking sit here and listen. Oh, man. Yo, so at the end of the Red Beard podcast, <laughs> Cooley and I are going to throw down outside. All right, bye, guys. So, dude, this is what this is all about. <laughs> bye, guys. I don't want to be a witness. <laughs> so, all right, all right. So let's, Craig, what are some references that, that stuck out to you? Oh, man, so many references. Uh, but really, I, I have to hold up. I'm a huge, huge Kubrick fan. Okay. And the fact that The Shining is a huge part of the movie blew me away, especially like we're in this age of like digital recreating like faces and actors and stuff like that. And like, oh, that's neat and stuff. Oh, Robert Downey, he looks like he's 22 again. That's neat. Mm -hmm. uh, but the fact of like going to the Overlook Hotel and like seeing the hallway and seeing the carpet and going to that room and like seeing everything recreated. I thought it was a great twist that H had never seen The Shining mm -hmm. and that uh, she's reacting to it like for a fresh perspective the entire time. But just the fact that they're in there for like a good amount of the movie debatably. And they're exploring the uh, hotel and we see a little bit of Jack Torrance, but we don't see any of his face his or anything. Face. We see him like slogging through the maze and we see the ax. I'm like, mm -hmm. Oh, come on. Just show me Jack. Yeah. Like, no, I knew Jack. that wasn't going to happen. I was waiting, <sighs> but I was like, they're going to tease us. What's Jack that? Nicholson up to? He's like hanging out by the pool. Uh, I, I digitally, actually thought... <laughs> digitally de-age Jack Nicholson, and I would totally be like the screaming kid in the theater. Like, oh my God, Jack! You know what I thought they were going to do? I thought that at one point where they were through the maze, they yeah. were going to run by like him frozen. That would have been I mean? easy to do. Well, but how much, they, how much I, of a they check never happened. I was like, damn, man, they had such an opportunity there. How like, much of a check do you have to cut for Jack Nicholson to be frozen in ice for like one shot? <laughs> oh, it'd be great. <laughs> it'd be great, man. Yeah. Uh, I mean, The Shining was, was an awesome, 
they got the Batman characters in there. You know, they could just have you know Frozen Joker in the was, in the woods too. Yeah, I mean, I really, I really did like like the Shining aspect to it because I, it honestly, at one point, it seemed like they actually just took shots from the movie. It gave me goosebumps, man. I was yeah, like, this is was, like a brand. It's like so like good at recreating. It's not exactly like. Oh, the remaking. It's like, no, it's like they went back in time. Awesome. But see, to my point earlier, even if people don't read the book, I guarantee you there are a lot of people who have never seen The Shining but saw that and are like, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> you know, and they're, they're going to go home on Netflix and, and piss their pants. Awesome. You know? <laughs> so, but, and you mentioned earlier too, I mean, you, um, you know, really wanted to talk about, you know, getting the second key. So, I mean, like to your point, like what did, what exactly did you want to get to on that? I'm curious. I, I thought it was a, a interesting deviation because we went from a very simple, like, Oh, it's war games, Matthew Broderick, ha ha. Right. Uh, in the book to, Oh, it's really about this lost love and the, you know, almost inability for able to like watch the movie. And it's right. like, that, that was a really poignant thing. I think all of us have been in a relationship or want to be in a relationship at a younger age. We missed that chance, mm -hmm. that shot. I think that brought something to the table that the book never actually did. They kind of hinted at it in the book, but they never really addressed it. So it's actually a cool point, man. Yeah. I like that. Thank you. So we've all, yeah, we've all been there. Yeah. We've all like forgot to like write the Y, like circle the Y on that notepad. That the we'll leap write. never taken. Leap I know. <laughs> it's so, Susie, yeah. if you're out there, I'm sorry I'm married. All right. <laughs> it's, I know it was sixth grade and you were excited. <laughs> But it's not gonna work. <laughs> so if you're listening, <laughs> so Suzanne yeah, listening, definitely. she's dead. Oh, that sucks. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, she's, I don't know. She's I'm right, assuming good. things. I don't know, man. I mean, I'm just taking your word for it. <laughs> don't screw with me. There's, there's probably a couple Susies out there that are dead, so it's not a big deal. Jesus, Craig. <laughs> So. It's a fun, fun podcast, you guys. <laughs> All right, Craig, jump in here and listen to mood. And I think we're going to uh, talk to Cooley for a bit now. So Cooley's turn. Cooley, <laughs> did you have any references, or did you want me to go? Yeah. So like, I'm wearing this fly ass <laughs> Eli fly Manning, ass. Eli Manning game worn jersey yeah. that's totally authentic because he told me so. I got it from the man himself. I wrote him a little email, and he wrote me back said he was going to send me something. Sent me this. Wait, no, are you serious, bro? Did nah, that really happen? Nah, B. Oh, um, all right. Wow. Nah, dude. That, that didn't happen. Totally You're really didn't good happen. at convincing. Dude, he's a good um, actor. <laughs> I literally was like, why have you never told me this? <laughs> Is that Hat from Captain America? <laughs> yeah, Is no, that from Chris Evans? <laughs> Eli <Ward>. Chris Evans. <laughs> Chris Evans sent me this hat. Just want to let you know. I asked him. Um, I was like, yo, B. <laughs> loved you and Cap so, as Cap. Some of that New hat. England love, bro. I love the beard. Awesome. <laughs> love your mustache in the movie. <laughs> So yeah, and I and I and I and I loved it when when Chucky was in the movie. And, oh yeah, Chucky, man. that was already brought up. Though. Dude, talk about Chucky though. I just said the line that was said, but that there's more about that. Chucky. That was it. That was the that was the thing I wanted to say. So yeah. I'm done. All right. Well, I can. Can I give you a little bit more on that then? I yeah, honestly yeah. like that they literally had like the legit Chucky vocals. You know what I mean? Well, of him literally yeah. like jumping on people and stabbing them. I thought that, and you see like everybody IOI, like five people <laughs> yeah. went out from, yeah. the, from like the five murders he did in four <laughs> seconds. That was a great, that was a great visual. I actually liked the war room aspect of it. That was actually one of my favorite sets. And uh, now I'm thinking about, they really, obviously it's virtual reality. They didn't have to spend a lot of money on sets in that movie. Like we got right. this nice war room. We got these cube rooms and we got the stacks and yeah. that's it. We're gonna save so much money on this movie, Mr. Spielberg. All right. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, I feel like he did have to save some money and be smart. I mean, because quick throwback. I mean, if you look at him, I think he learned how to use budget smart when they actually did Jaws because they went like oh, they yeah. went so long over budget and they were like seven months overdue when that movie should have ended. They almost shut it down, but they ended up 
finish it in like a couple weeks. But you know a lot regardless. about this movie for some reason. What's that? You know a lot about this Jaws. Oh movie. god, I'm should I check it out? Fan. I haven't seen it. Oh my god, Jaws is like the best movie ever. <laughs> the shark is. Oh my god, the shark is a symbol. It symbolizes man. And Have you seen the shark when he comes out for the first time? Oh my god, fuck yeah! <laughs> so. I want to do a 16 year old girl podcast about seeing really deep movies and misinterpreting them. Seriously, so what'd you think about Jaws? Oh my god, the shark. <laughs> so, um, but anyway, it's deep blue sea. Oh my god. You know what's funny though? Were there any Jaws references? Because if there were, um, I didn't get any. Right? There was a shot in the water where I was determined to look for a shark, and I saw no shark. What what shot in the water? There was a shot in the water, wasn't there? Maybe I missed it because I did step out to use the men's room for about like a minute and a half. Maybe I mm. missed that. But yeah. anyway, yeah, easy. Well, we got our T Rex in there. You uh, got the T Rex. Here's the one reference I was totally expecting this throw out the room. They were throw, throwing Atari at the last gate. Mm. So here's the thing: they were talking about the puzzle, and they was like, "Oh, it's a maze you can't escape." And I was like, "They're gonna do ET." ET. Yes. Yes. I was thinking the and same like, thing. The most impossible Atari game of all time. Once you fall in that ditch, you cannot get out. <laughs> and it's a Spielberg movie, and I'm like, they're gonna. It's gonna be ET. It's gonna be and it's it's adventure, which makes sense. But that's like him literally just like that's like Spielberg just being like, huh, huh. <laughs> <laughs> like taking himself out. You know what I mean? Like, committing Japanese suicide was yeah, like, oh, that's exactly what course, it was, yeah. man. But yeah, it's it's a matter of like principle, I suppose. It was very poetic at the end. I was like, oh, we're gonna play adventure. That's the first Easter egg. Adventure, adventure, and like that. <sighs> the uh, I don't know. This is the delivery I was so like concerned about at the end. I'm like, but that last scene was pretty pretty epic. I love the boombox over the head and say anything exactly. Yep. And like Hell that yeah. that was like what I was kind of missing. Like the atmosphere was missing in the first scene. But I think the music brings people together. Now that I'm thinking about it, so it's like, do you think the music worked, or do you think it would have been more? It would have been better if he held up and it was in your eyes. <laughs> war is happening. Uh, that would have been great. Um, <laughs> Just like a slow paced song and a crazy. I'm not war. sure if you. Uh, I'm not sure if it's on Apple Music, but on Spotify, Ernest Klein has officially published his official Ready Player One mixtape. Oh God, I and it's amazing. That, man. Um, oh. And it's a, a wonderful. I'm pretty sure it's like the wish list of songs he like gave to Warner Bros. Like, Please, I want these songs. In my movie, and like I got a couple of them in there, uh, but like things like the Star Wars, like Imperial themes, not there, and like Rebel mm. Yells, not in there. They didn't even have Rush in there. There's right? no Rush. Yeah, it's uh, in the trailer. Today's Tom Sawyer, but they didn't exactly. have that. Exactly. Well, I mean that that song they can you know they want to use for promotional materials, and that's fine because that's a very recognizable song at that yeah. point. I feel like the soundtrack. I, I and it's a movie that you. I think we talked that we already want to say. Oh, you got to see it a second time or a third time. Not necessarily because it's the best movie ever made, uh, but it's a movie that definitely you have to catch. Like we were talking, like oh, I want to watch this on Blu-ray and go frame by frame and see every single shot. Mm. There was a ton of DC shit too. I mean, there was, was. Well, it's Warner Brothers too. I was, and there was no Harry Potter. I was surprised. I'm like I'm mm. gonna see a wand at one point, but no. Um, yeah, there was a lot of Batman. I saw Harley Quinn multiple times. I'm like, okay. Yep. Um, Batman. You said Batman, right? Yeah, I was like, yeah. you can climb Everest. With Batman, Batman. Yeah. that was funny, dude. I got to chuckle. I got to chuckle out of the old man next to me, and that made me smile in the theater. It's like, oh, the old guy thinks it's cute. Like, for thanks. me, I, I for me, I mean, I'm just a super geek man when it comes to like '80s references, and and I geeked out a couple times, man. I mean, obviously, like like I said, anybody who listens to this podcast knows I'm an alien predator freak. No predator references that I caught, so that was a downer. Maybe I'll find one, but uh, a lot of. Um, Alien references. Yeah, uh, they took the ship out of um, out of uh, Prometheus. Thank you. 
Um, I on his Firefly like, tw- first, but it looks it was Prometheus because the back door open and uh... right, right. Is that there was also um, you know the gun that Artemis was shooting um, when they were trying to get away from IOI. That was actually the the gun that Ripley used when she was taking out like the Queen Alien. It had like the numbers on it of how much yeah. ammo she had. Also. Um, Two things that I loved together at once was like, what? It was uh, Goro who like pulled him into like this, like, you know, hidden place. And then all of a sudden, like the chest burster comes out. It was like too much for me to handle. I was kind of freaking out. Um, I think you hit the kid in the front row. No, I did. I, I, I think he like he like he had to get some more popcorn because <laughs> he dropped it. <laughs> but like he was just like, what the fuck? I'm like, I'm sorry. Oh, I can help it. But um, the age range on this movie is a little skewed because you do get like a little bit of blood and stuff like that. It's like trying to be more cartoony, which is fine. It was so good. You don't and, play Mortal Kombat when you're younger. We're fine. We're not yeah, crazy man. people now. And they had a lot of Mortal Kombat references. And um, comment Fighter. below what you guys think, man, because. I was confused uh, as to what um, the reference might be. And I, I'm sorry, I'm totally going off on the character here. Did they change his name? Was it uh, the guy who had the Mortal Kombat pin? Did you change his name in the, in the movie? Daito. No, that's Daito. That's Daito. Daito. Yeah, and sorry. show so, was Shoto or something. Shoto, yeah. But they so called it's him show. Show, show, yeah. show in the movie. So Which saved he, money on uh, letter stock, I suppose. Like, oh, we're going to print all these posters with his name. Might as well save a couple of money on the pennies. Yeah, on for real, man. Saving um, tons of pennies. All right. <laughs> <laughs> save money. Um, Mrs. Spielberg, we need to save 20 cents on this next just, picture. Just say, just say a different name. Say a different name. It's all. It's okay. Um, I can't pronounce his name, Mrs. Spielberg. <laughs> 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 but basically, there was a moment where uh, I wasn't sure if he was uh, Demora from Mortal Kombat because it kind of had like these two wings that popped up with spikes, or if he was the other character from uh, Ant Man who was Yellow Jacket. Yellow Jacket. I can't remember that. Thank you for keep reminding me. So comment as to what you think that might be because they look very similar. But I'm gonna lean more towards Demora. Yeah. Uh, just because it's um, more likely. I don't think Yellow Jacket something that Mara like. Yeah, I don't think any touch. of the Marvel characters are are on the the uh, the list of yeah. Well, things. Deadpool was there. Uh, no, that was Deathstroke. In that's sh- Deathstroke. Yeah. Oh, it was Deathstroke. Yeah. So that's it, confirmed. It was. Oh, well, I don't. It's it's not really confirmed. It's not confirmed, but, but it probably would be. Yeah. Wait, wait. Like does a, Deathstroke and Deadpool look alike? <laughs> 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 Thanks, Rob Liefeld. <laughs> <laughs> nice shadow. It can be whatever you want. <laughs> you, <laughs> Rob. So, you you drawn your last giant chest for the you, last time. Like slow that slow that down frame by frame. Be like, it's dead. Oh, it's Yo, th- deviating. It's, it's de- dead stroke. <laughs> deviating from Ready Player One for just a second. I yeah. don't know if any of you guys heard this, but speaking of Liefeld, like all of his shit, all of his awesome universe or whatever it's called, extreme universe or whatever. That whole shit just got picked up by Netflix. Hell yeah, man. Yeah, Disney contracts and then soon. So so, so hurry. Yeah, so so uh, yeah. they get to do all the knockoff Marvel shit that Oh yeah. That Rob Liefeld created. It'd be great if Deadpool just had a show randomly show up on Netflix. And it's like, just like, hey, hey, you know, it's over. I'm gonna be here for a few weeks. So you're telling See, me you guys still watching? Find me on Netflix. That Punisher so, show is pretty good. So you're telling me that we can't use your characters anymore. Okay, well, we're just going to use these characters that are just like your characters. Ha <laughs> ha. Huh. Yeah. I mean, that's how Lego gets away with all their like characters. Like, no, this is not a Batman movie. It's the Lego Batman movie. And they could just like, oh, guess what? We got Doctor Who. Everything's great. Um, yeah, that contract's ironclad, I'm sure. I'm sure they try to fight it all the time. Like, nope, you signed right to Lego Batman. It's great. Mm. 
Um, but yeah, they definitely have. I mean, I, I as far as like some other references that jumped out to me, I mean, Alien obviously was there, uh, very obviously. Um, a quick thing that I really liked is um, the um, you know the shield, I guess that they take. I can't remember the name of it. Guys, help me out. The shield of protection, the, the protection shield. It yeah. was so. It was unfortunately the the highlight of it for you was not the orb. Not of the orb. Yeah. Yes. Was, there we go. Yes. Listen, I'm not sure if that's directly from anything personally. Well, there was there there was a shield in the book that they put around yeah. Rock's castle. It might be a it might be a Dungeons and Dragons thing potentially. I'm not Maybe. an expert on that stuff personally. Um, but it was more or less what that was being contained by that you brought up earlier. Yes. So. The box that it was uh, it was being contained was uh, or it was containing that was the box that the Mogwai was kept in in the Gremlins movie. Which there's a very specific handle to that. And when they closed it, they left like a second and a half on the top of it. And I was like, oh, it's the it's the Gremlins. And I was like, literally, I was like another like huge smile on my face. I was like, <laughs> all right, I see what you did there, Spielberg. Very nice. You know, so because he's, the, a, yeah. uh, you know, in charge of Gremlins to some extent. He didn't direct it, but produced it. So that was a cool throwback. Um, and obviously the Mortal Kombat pin, like, again, another Mortal Kombat, huge Mortal Kombat fan. But, I mean, any other references that you guys want to bring up? There's so many. I mean, I, I think I want to start talking about a character or two, if that's Yeah, okay. do it Because I, I actually liked uh, Irock a lot in this movie. Uh, and he's voiced by, what's his name? Uh, T.J. Miller. T.J. Miller, thank you. Yeah, Because uh, he's this big, intimidating dude. And he just sort of leans in and he's like a T.J. Miller voice. like, eh, how's it going? My neck hurts a lot lately. Yeah, <laughs> it's great. <laughs> I like how he's like, how's it uh -huh. going? He's like, ah, it's all right. You know, the insurance doesn't cover. I was like, all right, man. <laughs> So, so yeah, TJ Miller actually was a highlight for me. Um, for comic like, relief, man. His comic, I mean, because he's this big, intimidating dude. And he's like, because a lot of times I've played video games where like this guy is an awesome, badass video game character, mm. and he like talks like this. He's a deep voice, and like, yeah. so he's the mer he's the movie version of Mike Tyson. Exactly. <laughs> hey guys, how's it going? <laughs> I can't do any voices. Hey, I'm I sorry. Really good fight. Really good fight. It's great. I have a. It's a lips. horrible Mike Tyson, but you guys get it. Yeah, he's yeah. a big dude. He beat the shit out of us, but you know. Oh yeah. Mike Tyson came in right now. I'd run out the window right behind me. You're like, oh, God. Yeah, man. Um, <laughs> yeah, but I feel like, uh, you know, there was a lot of good performances. Ironically, the performances by the characters improve when they're inside the Oasis. And it was kind of funny. It was like art imitating life. Whenever we were outside the Oasis, I'm like, I want to get back to the Oasis. I was like, <laughs> I want to get back in the thing that debatably the movie is all about. Like, you want to spend less time in. It's like, right. oh, people are in the Oasis too much because it's better. <laughs> and it's terrible outside. So I'm actually aligning to the characters in this movie. With like, I don't want to be in the real world. It's terrible. And there's yeah. like, just people standing in the street with goggles on. They look like zombies. It's terrible. True. <laughs> it's true. like the Walking Dead, <laughs> Columbus, Ohio edition. Yeah, seriously, man. Fear the Walking Dead, Columbus, zombies. I mean, I think the cool thing about this whole movie was it. It really is. It it could be a prediction of what's to come if you know. We're not care. We are not careful as a society. You know what I mean. I feel like we get we get sucked into our devices. You know where you know I almost walked into somebody today because they weren't paying attention as to where they were going. You know because they're looking down at their phone the whole time. You know there's got to be that separation. So the one of the things that I did really like about it was the very end of the movie, where he's like, I agreed that it was. You know we we made it a rule to shut down the Oasis on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And it's like yeah, I get it. Like. Your real world may actually suck 
on Tuesdays and Thursdays, mm-hmm. but you got to find a way to kind of ground yourself in reality. Yeah. Real life is real. You know what I mean? Like you have to literally take a step back at some points and realize that like where you are in reality is also important. So it might take Tuesdays and Thursdays to improve on that in some way, you know, so that maybe gradually the Oasis is kind of like an escape, like a vacation, but it's not somewhere that you have to go to literally like survive mentally, you know? And I thought that was really cool that they did that. Cause that wasn't something they did in the book. Um, you know, the, the other thing that I thought was really interesting too is yeah, you know, they really show you the real world as kind of like a walking dead, like a post apocalyptic <laughs> kind of setting where it's like, you wouldn't want to live there. So the entire world, you're like, yeah, get me back into the Oasis, you know? And I think they did a really good job at actually making you feel how frustrating the real world was. But they also hinted at the fact that there are parts of the real world that are not as bad because when his aunt gets upset that her boyfriend spent all that money, she's like, this was our out. You know, this was our escape. Like she had a plan to go somewhere that was nicer. And they never really kind of talked about what that was, but you know, they kind of like where they are as far as like, you know, their section of the country is crap compared to some other countries that may have kind of survived this like awful place that the world has gone in. Yeah. You know, know? it was dumb though. There was a part that was really fucking dumb, like eye rolling dumb. Like I was just like, the fuck out of here. <laughs> what was that? There was a scene that implied that people were just walking around the city with their fucking <laughs> VR goggles. The rules on. are kind of weird, and like you saw the people who were Master Chiefs, like, oh, let's yeah. run. I'm a, and I'm like, it'd be funnier if they were like bumping in the garbage can. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, how are they? How are they? But like, unfortunately, not running um, into shit. So the, the explanation for that is uh, because movie, and <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Because movie. That's that's uh, that's my official explanation for it. Um, it's uh yeah the real world would be like people put them into garbage cans but like fuck off in the way and it's like no like and they did a good job establishing in the first like scene where he's putting on the virtual reality all right this is my this is my track pad i run on all day and i can run i can jump and stuff like that but then like what about these people who are in the street who just have the goggles on they just run down the the street and like getting hit by a car yeah tons of fatalities (laughs) every day um they just turn into coins. Yeah, they like die in real life. It's yo that shit. Speaking of coins, that shit was just as bad as as uh, BB-8 being able to you know have coins inserted into him and then shoot them out at people. What like, about the scene where BB-8 killed hundreds of stormtroopers on that walking machine? Yeah, and he's like, I, our, the the robot has the highest kill count so far. Any of the main characters? Oh I wasn't here God. for your Star Wars movie. I wasn't here for your last Star Wars discussion, so I'm getting mine in right now. But anyway. <laughs> Oh my BB-8 God. is the most ruthless killer in that series. <laughs> I mean, I think one of the one of the one of the cool things, though, or, or I guess, well, let's one of the things that stuck out to me, and we're, we're gonna, I'm gonna turn this over to you, Cooley, in a second. But uh, uh, one of the characters in the movie OG was played by Simon Pegg, who literally oh. just had an American <laughs> accent, which was great. Hi, um, I'm Simon Pegg. <laughs> I seriously, I it, swear, it I no, no, it's sneaking out of me. <laughs> <laughs> it threw me off. Um, by the way, but before we get into that, I wanted to say I don't know if anybody noticed this, but there's uh, clearly somebody who is like a, a Halliday scholar. She's the red hair girl who yeah. like was like always like you found you felt like she had the answer. Yeah, 
She well, should have been the hero of the movie. Yeah, at the very end, she she grabs the thing and she's like, she she goes, oh, she goes, oh my god, she goes, he's still broadcasting. I was like, oh, she's British. Yeah. <laughs> it, it screwed up for that second. Yeah, her <laughs> but whatever. Also, at the end of the movie, she kissed a man without his consent, and that is, that is not really cool at all. <laughs> yeah, man. I was like, excuse me. It's a terrible message. Terrible it's, message. It's 2045. You can't just kiss a random guy. Yeah, you got to ask permission. You got to ask permission. I'm going to contact Consent HR. on both parties. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I will say, man, dude, you had a very good call out. Uh, so go for it, man. What's, what's going on? You t- mentioned this earlier, OG and so forth. Oh, no, just the fact that he wasn't like in the movie a lot. Yeah, man. I mean... Like, you I mean, read like the book, he, so you know. I he mean, was he was in the movie like for like thirty, like maybe maybe a minute or two tops, uh, like in some flashback scenes, uh, right? You know, like where they were showing like, but it, he wasn't even really the focus of the flashback. It no. was and then and then they had uh, yeah. like at the very end, he shows up and he's like, "I am Ogden Morrow, but you can call me Og," right? Mm-hmm. And it's he was like, a huge character in the book too. But yeah, in the character. book, he's like. And figuratively and literally, like he was a larger. He's character. the laws to his Steve. Yeah, bro. And, and like, like I'm, I, I was expecting him to be a more major part of this of this movie, um, and the whole ending of the book, like the, like the way that they overcome everything by him, like kind of saving the day and giving them the rigs that they need to actually get back into the oasis and finish the fight. Never happened. Also, he had not Artemis and um, Parzival have not met yet. Exactly, and it's like man. she's in that room. In that yeah, room. she has and decided not to see you. She's yet, she's going to be in that room until it's all done, man. And then you're going to finally meet up for the first time. Isn't like you cool? said earlier, biggest part of the it was the biggest part of the book. Yeah, it was man. like it was the shit that we waited for them to build up to, and then they finally got also, to it, and it and it just never happened. How awkward was it? Uh, like, hey, it's like the first time meeting. I'm gonna caress your hair and look yeah. at your scar, which you're cl- your birthmark, which you're clearly not comfortable with. That's where you're hiding right. it. And when it's like talk about it casually, that's totally fine. Yeah, yeah, it's awkward. I mean, I think, I think for me, yeah, I've seen worse. Yeah, yeah, for, yeah it's just like oh, yeah. let's just gloss over that. It's the most, in- it's the thing you're most insecure about. That was about the ever. worst scene. I think that was the worst scene in the movie for me personally. He's just like, slowed it down. He's just like, yo, I hey, we're never touched rooftop. a girl in my life. I don't give a fuck about your birthmark. I'm gonna touch you. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna touch you. I'm gonna touch you even though I literally had to sign out of the oasis when I felt your hand caress my crush in my new haptic suit. I did I don't see the advantage of those haptic suits at all. They seem like a huge disadvantage. Yeah, right. It's like, oh great, so you can get kicked in the dick. Awesome. Can you feel this? Oh yeah, it just feels like my chest is vibrating. Uh, It doesn't feel like that. Come on. It's twenty forty five. You never know. Taptic feedback. Wait till twenty when twenty forty five gets here, call bullshit. Well, in that intro, yeah, 2045. Thank you for joining me on the Red <laughs> Podcast. Hello. <laughs> so, hello. Hello. I don't know why I'm a British like 40 years ago. No, 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 no. See, that's uh, that's just me. I moved to like the UK. Oh, you yeah, moved to the UK? After Brexit, it turned out to be really good for the oh, right, you guys. Cool. You guys are fucked. Black don't crack. Yeah, all right. You know what I mean? I'm yeah, chilling. Cool. Wait. So anyway. Coolie, we got to talk about that. But no, I will say though. <laughs> As far as we go back, though, like Ogden Morrow, I will completely be uh, – I will agree with you on that, man. I don't think that uh, the way that he was portrayed in the film was accurate at all. I thought it was all done wrong because, yes, he gets into the rigs. 
uh, where they couldn't be interrupted. And I, I honestly feel like I would have liked the film better if it focused on them being having a fair shot. I feel like they had a somewhat fair shot in the movie. Yeah. But they were being they were being interrupted by like this, these cars hitting them, and that's not fair, right? So, but I feel like having their rigs like they did in the book <laughs> where they had a fair shot would have been would have made more sense. Right. For him to get in touch with them earlier, right? Also, I would have liked uh, to see Sorrento's, you know, plot line end when he saw when like my Rhode Island accent. I don't even want Sorrento. to Sorrento. <laughs> when he saw, hey, I would have been happy if when Sorrento, you know, like if his storyline when it ended when Pazaval's name came up on the screen, he's like, hey. What's he doing? There? He just died, right? <laughs> like I would have been, I would have been more psyched if, if it ended there. You know, like he's back in the game. You know, how did he get one up on me? And then that's the last time you see of him until mm. the end of the movie, where they're like, "Yo, check it out!" Like Sorrento's being arrested. Yeah. You know, like I think that would have been the perfect way for that to end. And they, I feel like they kind of missed one on that. Did you feel you know? weird that the cops didn't show up at any point in that movie until like the very end? Like there's <laughs> yeah, a terrible seriously. like car chase. Like, Oh, I was assuming that, you know, IOI is like the police of the city. And like the cops really yeah. are owned by them. It's sort of like RoboCop style. Uh, but you mentioned Sorrento and actually I, I'm, I'm surprised we haven't talked about that character yet. Cause I generally feel like the villain villains uh, in this movie are probably the strongest part of the movie. Yeah. And I mean, they, they pull a lot from the book and the book does, you know, pull a lot of punches with like, oh, like the scenes where, you know, we have now we have Artemis in the headquarters instead of Parzival. And that's fine to me because like, oh, Parzival in the book is like a super, super genius. And like everything he does mm-hmm. is perfect. Awesome. Great. Except relationships. You know what I yeah, never felt and, though? And they never touched upon like how he's like a programming genius. Anyway. Yeah. You know what I, ne- you know what I never felt in <laughs> this movie? You saw the password I... written down on the sticky note. That was great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was a great little bit. Um, I love that. Uh, and it was like bad boss sixty nine. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, it was great, man. <laughs> I, I never felt a sense of urgency. Well, it, unfortunately, the pacing of the movie was at any time that our protagonists got one step ahead, no big deal. They just got to the next part within seconds anyway. So the the illusion of a lead is not really there. Mm-hmm. And like in the books, it's mostly like, oh, how is he like, like. Um, we have like uh, Parzival's like oh he's by himself on the leaderboard for like months and then Artemis like skips him yeah yeah well, without Ar- no we find that Artemis found the secret of all like, she just can't beat uh, the, what was the Grim Reaper in the book or the it was like they couldn't be Joust Joust yeah, yeah they couldn't do it, Joust yeah. and it was like the Grim Reaper they were playing against so I couldn't be Joust and then what happens is like Parzival's like, ah, eh, you stand on his left. It's gonna help you out like that. And like you can only do so much. There's a lot of things like, oh, we can't show an arcade game because that's gonna be boring. We can't really shoot that in a creative, fun way. Um, in fact, before I, uh, I don't know, man. They could, man. You ever seen the movie The Wizard? They the could have done that. They could have done it. There's a great documentary called The King of Kong. Have you seen that one? No. It's a bunch of guys who like go to Fun Spot in New Hampshire and they just. Uh, they have such drama, and they all fight for like the highest. Oh, the highest going King Kong. Yeah, I gotta check that out. That's a they good. Could, they could have done document. a montage. They could have, man. They, yeah, like a fast-paced montage yeah. of like the games well, they were beating. Yeah, you say fast, and that, ironically, I had like I had gone to the theater at noon, and I found that oh, the show that's playing at twelve thirty is a three D show, and I'm like, I'm not gonna pay that much for a three D show when I'm gonna see a two D show later on. So the show I'm gonna see is the one at one. And like I go into that little tiny arcade that's in every single movie theater that has right. like the claw machine. It's got some shooting game, and uh, besides that, they have a Pac-Man slash Galaga machine. I miss Pac-Man game, 
And I was like, oh, okay, I got a dollar. I pop in a couple quarters. And like, wow, I forgot how fast Pac-Man is. Yeah. And this is a re- this game blew up because it's a game from 1984. And it's like super, super rapid. And I was like, oh, this is pretty awesome. Play this right before the movie. Get me in the right mood and stuff like yeah, that. And yeah. I had a good time. Um, so I, I'm sure there's a way to shoot or edit it. There's got to be. There's got to yeah. be, man. Can we, do an episode, can we do an episode about The Wizard? Because I just want to say. Oh, dude, man. I love The Wizard. It's such a good movie. Get the warp whistle. <laughs> How do you know about the warp whistle? The game's not out yet. <laughs> Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy. Found another world. <laughs> yeah, we, we actually saw we saw it in 3D, and I didn't really see any like amazing 3D shit. Like, I did, like nothing the stood out to me. The best 3D shit was it was like 9, 8, yeah. IMAX. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, it was best <laughs> I saw it. Was. It's always the best part. <laughs> yeah. I don't I understand how no movie has gotten like that good. Oh god! I only see personally. Well, that shit's been out for yeah, that shit's yeah. been out for like five years, six the years. The best 3D thing I ever saw. Oh my gosh! It's the future of movies, guys. <laughs> the best 3D experience I ever had at IMAX when I went to see the animated Polar Express <laughs> oh. with Tom Hanks. Oh my god! The, yeah, the the snow is right in front of me. <laughs> oh my god! Well, this is of all movies that you want to see that would look good in 3D. You'd hope, oh, this ready would play? be. Yeah, it's a game about virtual reality. So kick it uh, in. Uh. Yeah, they dropped they dropped the ball on H too. Yeah, they did. We can like, talk about that died. before we go on. So yeah, because H was such a big reveal. Um, but like the 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 avatar that they chose, the was voice like, so... was weird. And like I'm someone who's read the book, I'm like, that's clearly. What's the actress's name? I know her from uh, Master of None. Yeah, I know. I know as well. Um, I can't remember her name though. But she's a tremendously good actress, and like, I was watching, I was like, "That's clearly her voice, just made in a lower pitch." Right. And like, <laughs> I, I almost want to assume like most people figured it out before. Like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah but, hints. But the fact, the fact that, the fact that they chose to go with like a, a, a cyborg, <laughs> like orc, whatever the hell he. Yeah, it, it was. It was an interesting character because it was, was weird. Regular, if it was a regular dude. Would it have been better? Like, if it was a regular dude bro, maybe you have, like, a, you know, a Bud Light t-shirt on. Well, I mean, like part, of, part of it was that it was, like, the complete opposite of what she really was. It, it, is a, it was a, a white person. It so. was a white male in, in the... in the. It was, like, blue-skinned. I don't think it was white. It was definitely not brown or black, obviously, but it was, like... Right. It was a bluish... It was alien in tone. It wasn't, like... there. There's an in-between, I think, between, like, oh, it was a white character to a black character i suppose in the book yeah in the book i don't recall how the characters described it's definitely not cyborg like in any way no but i, I mean, was thinking like, of it like when i thought of h in the book i was thought of like my friend i had when i was in middle school he was like a little chubby kid like me right and we just hung out after school and like watch movies and play video games and ate food that was terrible for us yeah and like that's that's what i wanted to see from that character is like something that made yeah. the that made the audience look at this character and be like oh this is just another dude yeah that he's hanging bro. out with, right? Like my best and, friend. And I like I said, my best friend. Right. It's like we're still best friends. Yeah. Always good. And then like and then when they meet, it's kinda anticlimactic because it's Oh, that just, was like, hey, yeah. It's like, okay. oh. She like stuck up behind him, grabbed him, and like started, It's me. Yeah. It's me. It's me. H. <laughs> I swear. It's like H, is that you? Yeah. And I was like, Okay. That yeah. that that part's over. Let's move on. Anyway, yeah, there's a lot of things to like, a lot of things to love. <laughs> it's a movie because it's a movie. 
<laughs> but I mean, like overall, as a movie, it was it was a really fun movie. I thought it did it hit on a lot of the shit it was supposed to hit on. I yeah. thought it did a good job of, like I said, capturing the tone and the spirit of the book. Um, but I got the goosebumps at the end there. You know, you get the only action like yeah things like, that you very like you have a, like a soft place in your cold heart for is like ah. Oh. There's good things in the world still. That's yeah, great. I mean, that's that's one thing I would point out, too, is, you know, even though, you know, you hate the character of Sorrento the entire movie, there is that moment at the end where, you know, he kind of sees, like, you know, the egg in his hands and the reflection in his mask yeah. or whatever. And, and you realize, it's like, over. it's it's over, and but not it's not just against, like, it's bad against good. It's just, like, this oasis in this game is it's just... It's something bigger than everybody. And that was weird. You know? that, like, and I thought that was kind of a really cool moment that it was like, all right, like I get yeah. it. You know, like what he got is, is what I've been aiming for. And I think this is amazing, mm. you know? And I think that was a really cool moment. And I, I, I did like the way that it actually, you kind of hit the nail right on the head when you said that it, it really did capture the spirit of the book. It didn't necessarily mirror it, but I thought that it, it was as close as it could have gotten in one movie. Right. But I think this is something that possibly could have been done in like a Lord of the Rings type thing where it was maybe like three movies. Well, it could have, it could have, yeah. but not with Spielberg. But, yeah, mean, Sp- I, but Spielberg wouldn't have done it. That's yeah, the thing. Cause like, I mean, it's one or the other. Cause we complain a lot when like, Oh, they're making the Hobbit, which is a children's book into three movies and they're right. going to stretch it out. And like debatably, I was actually thinking that the way here, I was like, Oh, I could see this being a two parter. But I think like modern TV has kind of spoiled us, and when it comes to how much we take for granted, like our characters developing. Like I know Jon Snow, like he's a good friend of mine. Like I know that character because I've watched him over like six seasons of Game of Thrones, and like you watch, you know, The Walking Dead, and like I know it's not as strong as it used to be. When a character died on The Walking Dead, it was like a big thing because you've mm-hmm. known this character for hours and hours and hours. So when we see like, oh, this movie has to rush elements. At first, I'm like, well, well, it's you know not like TV where we have all the time. But then we see other movies. We're like, oh, well, this movie could get it right because you know they're not introducing two worlds. They're not introducing multiple versions of the same character. Mm. Right. Um, yeah. I want to go oh, on record. Fair as point, as, man. Definitely. I want to go on record and say that as a visual thing, like this movie was amazing. Yeah, I'll diddle that. Um, but. I I gotta say, Future Man is still my favorite, like nostalgia grab. I still haven't watched that. I'm sorry because yeah, I, I haven't watched it either. Have you Yo, seen uh, the movie? I recommended. The, well, here's my deal. I I'm not sure if you've seen it, but have you seen Turbo Kid yet? Yeah, yeah. So Turbo Kid. I, wa- I watched it. Okay, so I on promise you. I promise you, I will watch um, Future Man. Yeah. Have you seen uh, Turbo Kid? No, I got. I he mentioned Future Man, and I watched like a scene of that, and it was funny. I just haven't had time, but I want. That's to. a TV show. The uh, Turbo Kid is a movie. It's yeah. a. It's a movie. Turbo Kid was great. It's a movie. It, as soon as like the kid like rides his BMX bike in the air and says Turbo Kid, yeah. I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever like I watch a movie with me or my wife or my friends, are like, yeah. <laughs> There's like a bike jump in slow motion, and it like captures nostalgia in a good way. It's not like, and like I never felt I was being beaten over the head by nostalgia in this movie, which is right. weird to say. I was surprised how. In what movie? It, in in uh, Ready Player One. In Ready Player One, yeah, because it's not like it's not like this is Chucky. This is something you should be enjoying. There were quick references. Do you remember? It's 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 
moved at such a rapid pace and the screen is so flooded with everything i think it like don't like numbs you down to like oh these are things that i recognize and yeah like you'll like you'll have to watch it more than once to find it like oh he yeah, did it, the, was, it was like wreck it he ralph the and that's cool yeah. Neat. yeah it was like wreck it ralph yeah yeah like freddy yeah. krueger gets killed in one shot and if you don't not quick enough you won't see it you <laughs> right. know um well i mean i definitely will also go on record and say that i did enjoy the film but the only uh other thing I can say is that it just, they took a lot of um, liberties when it came to following the book, but it didn't, but that did not make it a bad movie. It was still a very good movie that I thoroughly enjoyed. And I recommend that anybody uh, should, should go check it out. Um, with that being said, uh, let's actually play a quick game of would you rather first question for Mr. Craig Garrity, would you rather have a Lamborghini in your garage or a bookcase with 9,000 books and infinite knowledge. <laughs> knowledge. <laughs> I totally because, get that. I get that reference for sure. Because knowledge is power. Yeah, that guy, so, that guy with that stupid ass commercial. He's like, I'm oh, in my I garage, do- my Lamborghini. I'll tell you what's more important. I've watched that whole ad and he like talks about his oh, it's books. Awful. It's and awful. You know what? I'm going to get those books because I can at least dump those at Savers and hopefully someone's going to read them. Because I'm not going to. Seriously, I'm, man. I hey, work my so much. But you know what? Do you guys like network marketing? <laughs> All set. You know what? I'm pretty sure Lamborghinis, <laughs> a free Lamborghini is always nice. But I'm pretty sure the insurance and like the registration. Oh, oh, man. I'm sure that doesn't attract tickets at all. Let me let me tell you this, though. Man, if you can afford a Lamborghini, uh, paying the insurance on it is a non-issue. <laughs> so, <laughs> so cool. No, no. In this situation, I got it for free, apparently. Apparently. Apparently, like Italian mob's going to come get me. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> like, You're still he- our Lamborghini, son. <laughs> ah, no. Yo, we want our car back. Um, <laughs> yo, would you rather have a Lamborghini in your garage or a bookcase with 9,000 books and infinite knowledge, Cooley? Go. I'd rather have a Lamborghini. Wow, you trade knowledge for a Lamborghini? Fuck is knowledge going to do for me? <laughs> so you could be mad smart. No, I'm mad fucking smart right now. You see me fucking living the life? Yeah, no, but you I could, want a Lamborghini. But you do. I'll sell that shit and fucking pay my house I off. think the catch is you can't sell a Lamborghini in this scenario because that's too that's too tempting. I think Yo, I you guys need to chill for a second. Hold yeah. up. So you're going to give up <laughs> <laughs> infinite knowledge, which could make you rich over like what you have now in a, a nice car. Yep. <laughs> Where man's <laughs> so man's given his peace. Yeah, I'm gonna actually just jump into that question. I'm actually gonna take nine thousand uh, books and infinite knowledge because I will make that money back Yo. in like a day because I'll be Bradley Cooper from fucking what the hell's that movie? Have- Limitless, bro, and make that money back in like <laughs> Son, a day. Think He's about, about this. Limitless. Think about this though. What we currently have access to limitless limitless knowledge. Yeah. Well, we have limitless knowledge, to, but not always the most acute or limitless, accurate knowledge. But not infinite. You can say, "Well, I can Is learn that about the same all." Thing? I, I, I <laughs> kind of, yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I can learn why about. They, I wasn't going to say anything. But why are there two different words? <laughs> You're talking about limitless knowledge, but like the knowledge out there is not all accurate. Like I can go out there and learn about that flat Earth theory, bro. But, Seriously, but, yeah. But it, it says on Wikipedia that if I look outside my house, there's water, but I see my grass. Man. There's my no man, sun. Man. That's the moon. <laughs> Yo, real, real talk though. Cheese. Yo, real talk though. Yo, real talk. Yo, real talk podcast. Let's do it. Yo, you gonna let me fucking talk, or you gonna insult the way that I speak? No, dude. I'm just saying. <laughs> Listen, real talk. Stop it. It doesn't. It doesn't say that it's gonna put the knowledge in your fucking brain automatically. 
you still have to read 900 books or 900,000 books to get your infinite knowledge. So fuck that. I'm getting the Lamborghini. Quick payoff. <laughs> That's like instant right, gratification for hey, sure. Hey, everybody's entitled to their own opinion. I'll take infinite knowledge. All right. You, you'll take the... the What's going to be more impressive the to the ladies? A decade. Book? By the Shelf? time you're done getting your infinite knowledge, you'll be fucking dead and in a coffin. Listen, man. If I have infinite, <laughs> if I have infinite knowledge, bro, I'll know how to make the matrix and then inject that into my skull. All right? This is such so, a happy podcast. You're going to be never. dead before you read all the right. notes. <laughs> Next question, bitch. <laughs> so... All right, Stupid science, go. bitch. I'm just going right. to... Science. <laughs> Hashtag. Hashtag. Magnets, bitch. How do they work? All right, here we go. Ha-ha, um, internet jokes from 2014. All yeah. right, let's find a good one. I'm going to find a really good one here. Um, all right. Would you... Would you rather... Craig, would you rather reverse one decision you make every day or be able to stop time for 10 seconds every day? Ooh. Nah. Very video game esque. It is. Seems like a power up you would get. Choose your own adventure. Oasis. Um, <laughs> I, don't know, I make a lot of dumb mistakes that like are fractions of my day every single day. Like I trip over my shoelace, or I like say something wrong, or I say something like I do like I mess up handshakes with Cooley. So all uh, the time I go in for like <laughs> oh, the yeah, cool. No, I've done that. The before. cool handshake. Oh fuck no! First <laughs> <laughs> time. And here's my question though: Is the Bill Murray rules where I don't age, or do I still age and like? Cooley's going to look at me one day and we like look like I'm 50 years old. Like, what the hell is happening, Craig? I'm reversing too much. <laughs> um, yeah, but it's actually, it's 10 seconds every day. I feel it's like not I multiple feel, 10 how seconds. How long is it freezing time for? Would you rather reverse one decision you make every day yeah. or be able to stop time for 10 seconds every day? 10 seconds, is that's usually how late I am for work. Okay. So I will punch in late. Wow. So the whole purpose of this question is just so you can punch in on time. I just don't want to be tardy anymore. Uh, tardy. Tardy. Hi, Rhode Island. Hi, it's Rhode Island. just me. I drove all the way from Cranston. I'm tardy. <laughs> so, all right. Cool, man. So Craig wants to punch in on time. Cooley, what about you? I don't know. I would go the other way uh, just because I don't know because it, it's not clear to me that I'm going to be able to – like if I stop time – it doesn't seem like I'm going to, like, if I stop time, I can't do anything either because time stopped and it's like fucking might as well just keep going. You know what I mean? Like if it said you can, if it stopped time for everybody else, I, I probably would still go the other way because 10 seconds isn't really a whole lot of time. Hmm. Okay. And I'm a slow, I'm super slow. I mean, I don't know if anybody's ever seen me in a foot race, but I'm not <laughs> fucking good at that You're shit. you so, Bolt? Yeah. So, uh, you know. To run 40 yards, it's going to take me like 5.6 seconds probably. What's the best clock stopping movie ever? Is it like Clock Stoppers? Is that the only one I can think of? Yeah, it's got to be. Clocks, there's not a lot of stopping time movies that aren't like perverted, I guess. Time Bandits? Time Bandits, that's one. All right. Uh, Truman Show? That's not time stopping. That's just a guy. <laughs> there, was that, there was that TV show, man, back in the day where there was Quantum this girl League? who was like an alien. She could stop time by going like this and then it would come back which you went like yeah. this oh it's saved by the bell no it's not saved by the bell that's, <laughs> no anyway. no no but he had the power to stop time Freeze. yeah that's not it though it's not saved by the bell okay what about heroes no oh, yeah, yeah i'm talking about in like the 90s man a lovely right? season Whatever. one all right and nothing so, else <laughs> yeah it's the just, only thing that was good i'm gonna answer this quick i would just say reverse one decision because i feel like if you stop time for 10 seconds every day Kind of the same thing, but if I could reverse one decision, I could always be like, ah, oh, that was a bad decision, but then I can go back and then choose to change it or make the same decision again. So 
I don't know, whatever. I feel like mm-hmm. 10 seconds could be kind of the same thing. Um, so let's actually just go around the table right now with a coolie set of questions. Would you rather mm-hmm. wrap your mouth? <laughs> Something sexual I can tell. Around <laughs> a fake phallus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or a real phallus. Or <laughs> real walk across walk across a salt mine barefoot with paper cuts all over your feet. How long are we talking about the phallus? <laughs> You even question Yeah, as long that. as you want, man. Uh, okay. <laughs> if you want to keep that shit in your mouth Phallus. for an hour, man, it's all good. Phallus. Do I got to make it come? <laughs> Yo, it's as fake. As Louis C.K. would say. It's fake. If you do that, then, you know, then you're good. You got skills. Yeah. <laughs> then you got oh. skills. <laughs> you got skills. That's, oh, man. I think my phone died. All right. Oh, no. His phone died. Whatever. Well, whatever. I guess I'm out on this. So, um. Let's put a dead picture of Tony on the screen. So I'm going to say that I would walk across a salt mine just because I honestly feel like it's mind over matter. And that other shit, I can't forget. (laughs) (laughs) So that, if I live through it, I'm going to feel like it's an accomplishment. Like, man, I got through that. That was painful as shit. But I I focused it. I, I like mind over matter. But the other thing... All right. You can't come back from that, man. Okay. I don't want to know I have skills that I didn't know I had. What? I'm going to go with the phallic thing. Huh? <laughs> he goes, <laughs> I'm going to go with the phallic thing. Uh, right. Phallic thing, Cooley. Yeah, I don't know. It's not I a big mean, deal. It's physical pain over psychological. And for me, it's my wife. She works in the biz as a supplier, not necessarily as a performer. But I can tell you, I've walked into the bathroom and there are things suction cup to the bathroom that you can't unsee. It's not a big deal, but I don't mind it. Fuck. I know. All right. There you Leg- go. You back on? Legit. That's not a big deal. No, we're good. Uh, is it my turn to ask a question or is it uh, someone else? I'm back you can on. Ask. No, you, uh, hey. You asked the oh, question. Oh, you want me to, you want me to you ask another one? You answer that question. Oh, it's your turn to Oh, ask. you want me to answer? I fucking put the fake dick in my mouth. Yeah. It's not a real dick. That's the big difference. It's fake. It's, it's a piece of plastic. It's a piece of plastic. Day. At the Holy end of the day, shit. it's shit. At so, the end of the day, it's a piece of plastic. Yeah, homophobes. <laughs> All right. You know so, what I mean? I would much rather do that. I, I mean, much rather do that than fucking walk on salt with fucking paper cuts in my feet. I would not. Oh, my God. That shit would suck mm. for a long time. All right. Cool. We're going to do one more question, but from each person, and we're going to make it up on the fly. So, Craig, go. Oh, okay. Um, on the fly. Come up with something quick. On the fly, I got something really easy. It's a bathroom one. Um, right. So, would you rather have shampoo that you have to use for the rest of your life that smells like bacon, or would you rather have toothpaste that um, tastes like Captain Crunch? Because if you brush your teeth with Captain Crunch toothbrush, toothpaste... You'll never feel like your teeth are ever clean. If you have bacon hair, you'll smell a delicious bacon, but smell like your hair is growing bacon. I'm going to go with Captain Crunch, man, because Crunch? I don't want my Ahoy. head to smell like bacon. And I love Captain Crunch. You love Captain Crunch. So there's an untapped market. If uh, Kellogg's is listening to this podcast, we'll be able to kick it in. Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> all I got to say on that. Go. Uh, I'm going with the the, the shampoo. Shampoo, bacon. Bacon. Well, you have bacon lip balm, so it makes sense. Bacon smells delightful. Word. Yeah, man. Make people's day. 
Like, yo, they smell bacon in here. What's that? What is that? <laughs> oh, it's my hair, bro. There you go. All right. Yeah. I'll go with bacon shampoo myself. Yeah. All right, cool. My last... I hate the feeling on my teeth from Captain Crunch. That's all. That's I need why. to have like the most mint tasted like toothbrush ever. It's never you know in other countries they have like cinnamon and stuff like that. It's not weird. <laughs> weird cinnamon. foreign countries. It's America use mint. Last question of the night. Yeah. Uh, last question from you. Yeah, from me. Cool, Would you rather uh have to take a shit for <laughs> 30 minutes straight. I'm talking like ongoing, like water shit. 30 okay. minutes straight. Mm-hmm. Or have to pee really bad for, and you, you're you able to go for three minutes. <laughs> it's a good party trick right there. I, I mean, I, I shit for 30 minutes straight almost every day. So <laughs> Should go see a doctor. That's, probably, <laughs> that's not that's, normal. That's, that's my choice. Uh, anybody, anybody who knows me, like, in my in my immediate family and my my like you know just people that are, that be in my house all the time. Yo, I be in your house all the time, and like that's not a thing I know. Yo, you be in my house. Not enough. Every now and then. <laughs> every now and then. <laughs> but I mean, like the people that live with me. <laughs> the more you know, know that I take that long in the bathroom. So that's why we're recording in my house tonight. Yeah. Yeah, it, <laughs> you had an explosion it's, earlier. All right, it's my it's my quiet place. All right, I would say I would rather just have to go really bad and go for three minutes and be done with it. I don't got thirty minutes to, to just shit straight. Craig, I would go with the shit because I already bring my phone into the bathroom already, so I can check out Reddit or Twitter. But I think you're going so fast and so hard for thirty minutes. Oh, it's you, it's a flurry of it's poopy. the water shit. You know oh, it's like uh, it's like. It's like reverse vomit. It's coming out the other side. Mm-hmm. Like, blah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Get the flush of toilet continuously. I still, I'd, still get, I'd still get in some, <laughs> some phone time. I mean, realistically, that doesn't involve anything really for me. It's like, ah, this YouTube video is so good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Pop in those AirPods and enjoy some nice, chill music. Pop in the AirPods. You know, just hope nobody else outside hears. So, all yeah. right. All right. Would you rather? Last question. Slowly... Insert a <laughs> hot poker into your ear hole. Mm-hmm. Oh, like like red hot, like yeah, yeah. Red take hot, it out of fire. Hot. Okay, red so whatever like brave hot sterilized. I'm shit. almost ready to say whatever is not that. Um, <laughs> or someone dick. Or <laughs> drink a beer through your asshole using a funnel. Oh, that sounds fun. How's that even possible? That kids are doing it nowadays. <laughs> are they vaping? <laughs> vaping right, for the man, asshole? Look, I'm just going to answer that quick. I'm going to drink a beer through my asshole because right after that's going, I'm going to shit it right back out. But I want to be able to hear out of both of my ears after this is over. So I'm going to say drink a beer through my asshole. Cool. Word. So that's how they do it in Japan, I'm pretty sure, right? Beer for the asshole. <laughs> Yo, I'm telling you, man. You need Top to do of some Mount more Fuji. research. Greg? <laughs> oh, yeah. Beer, beer, book, for, bro. beer for the asshole. I don't know. I'm... I'm pissed because I was supposed to go to Japan last year, but I didn't get to go. Aww. It's all right. Yeah, so there, there it is. Bear through the asshole for Craig, Tony, yeah. and myself. That's a I good mean, band. I'm going to save that to my list on my phone. I have a note that just guys, says band names. Look out! Look out for our next YouTube video. <laughs> it's going to be the three of us drinking beer through our assholes <laughs> in a funnel. 
<laughs> um, I have really bad balance. Is actually, that okay? <laughs> am I doing a handstand or am that's, I no? That's that's going to be our Pornhub video, actually. Um, yeah, and then the next video is going to be us me assembling guns <laughs> on Pornhub <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> while I take off my shoes and socks, <laughs> so you guys can see my feet. <laughs> so. Oh man! Well, listen, guys. On that lovely note. <laughs> uh, you know, hey, I just want to do a quick shout out, Craig Garrity. Thanks for joining us on this episode of the Red Beer Podcast. Yeah, it was a blast, man. Oh, thanks. I've had a great time. I'd love to come again sometime. Oh, definitely, man. We'll have you back on. And so Ready uh, Player One, Two, or Ready Player Two is that the next one? Ready Player Two. That's the next. Yeah, you, one. you know they're gonna come out with another cinematic one. universe. Can I just tell you, I, I sat through the credits and I was not happy. There was not a single thing at the end. Like of all the movies to have like an Easter egg at the end of the credits, nothing. Yeah, Steven Spielberg Black was like, screen. gotcha, nothing. Sucker. So <laughs> Jurassic World's coming out. Um, yeah, so that's that's all we got this week on the Red Beer Podcast. Um, we will catch you guys next week uh, for some more fun shit. Uh, and uh, guys, make sure you follow us on social media. You know where to find us at Red Beer Podcast on all outlets. Till next week. Later. Peace. Bye.